0: and Indo to the
1: A time to have gone over and find it in the beginning and
0: onlyas len to find out in
1: the beginning nach the ara igornamion Science. I
2: this happens because we want to look Pihe and 축 fracht in
0: Leia Healthcare.
3: It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the left wing with Luke Fitzgerald. If they were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man is Fitzgerald. Oh, Fitzgerald is coming back inside! <laughs>
0: Leicester have another! Darcy O'Driscoll, oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, Step and scored. Left two for
3: Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast in association with Layer Healthcare. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be coming to you live from Kennedy's Pub on Western Road tonight. Luke, you did deliver Robbie Henshaw, Scott Friday two top flight guests and you were under pressure to do it.
0: Yeah, a little bit of pressure, Will, just a little bit. Um... We've thrived on pressure on the show. Have I not delivered? Well, you are sweating quite heavily. I am, so. but that's. I, I'm just a sweater. I have fr- school friends here. They know I, I'll sweat regardless, whether I'm under pressure or not. Uh, but no, listen, thanks very much um, to all our listeners and all the supporters. Um, you did add a bit of pressure this week to get the guests, but I think we produce. And I'm really excited to have the two guys on the show and uh, really excited to hear their views on what is, you know, this weekend is huge.
3: Yeah, first of all, a big round of applause for Scott Friday and Robbie Henshaw for coming out tonight. <laughs> And Robbie, I know on this week Grand Slam week, I'm sure you'd rather be praying for a game than talking to us. But we'll make do. You know, you know, score you know, getting injured, scoring a try for Ireland. You can't get more unlucky than that. Probably good you only scored four. Luke, God knows how much time you would have spent <laughs> injured. Uh, <laughs> oh, here
0: we go, here we go. The sweating and then the sorry. tries. You just stop sorry, with the tries. Sorry, I wanted to get a break. few cheap
3: gags in early. <laughs> yeah. um, Robbie, how does it feel, kind of watching from the sideline, having already played such a big part in the achievement? Does it feel, do you feel a bit detached now?
2: Um, you know, it's tough. Um I could have went out in worse ways, I suppose. It was nice to, to dislocate my shoulder scoring a try. So <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but listen, it's um yeah, I think it's it's tough obviously uh, to to go out in that way. Um having been involved for the last, you know, a couple of years in, in the campaign um and to get a, an injury mid season as you know yourselves is is um is tough, you know. But um yeah, look at um it's It's just about you know the next the next person comes in and it's away you go again. So um, I'm really delighted with how, how the lads have went and you know the likes of Chris Farrell coming in did in, incredibly well and then Gary last week was sensational. So I think um, you know it's it's great to see the boys coming in and, and just stepping up.
3: I was actually so busy trying to get that first joke shoehorned in that I forgot to mention a very important part of the show, which is the audience interaction. We want to hear from you. We have some great prizes to give away. If you have a question a little later on, stick up your hand. We have a microphone to go around. Or you can tweet Luke Luke at LukeFritz11 or follow me at SlatteryWill and tweet me. I want at least 100 new followers out of this. Um, and you know we have great prizes two, two signed Ireland jerseys you know, signed by the panel you can have my signature if you want Uh four 50 euro Elvery vouchers ten left wing mugs the infamous mugs if you're a regular listener that we still haven't given out yet and ten yeah, left wing we were ru-
0: supposed to send them yeah what's going on well
3: Mike Code slash Mike Cody I was hoping he would appear in the flesh tonight just that? To so I could offload it rather than having to go down to the post office but alas he apparently lives in court basically
0: so. don't get your hopes up on the mugs he says he can deliver but he hasn't yet had a trip down to the post office Will. what's I the story I can deliver
3: in person that's the fine print <laughs> that's, that's the fine print we,
0: I'll make sure you get the mugs and don't we, worry we, get the we got a
3: special order of about a 500 left wing rugby balls into the office so we'll probably be you know your question probably doesn't need to be that good to get one of those because we do need to offload and, and don't be put off by the smell you get used to it fairly quickly I, I've had mine for about a week and, I, and I've gotten used to it So. Use the hashtag the left wing if you want to tweet us a question or put your hand up later, and um, I'll come to you then. Scott, are you a bit kind of uh, confused about our obsession with, with the Grand Slam? Because obviously, in the rugby championship, teams do clean sweeps all the time. It doesn't seem to be talked about. Like, Ireland have already secured the Six Nations, but we're still kind of obsessed about you know winning all of our games.
1: Yeah, when you say teams do clean sweeps, it's usually New Zealand. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, um, no, I'm not surprised. It's an, it's an amazing tournament. It's to played. The fact that it's all played together is. It's great. You know, I think in Australia, with the Rugby Championship, it's, it's played over three or, three or four different time zones, so it's hard to be connected, but here you can sit and watch rugby back to back and watch the tournament play out, but um, you're not surprised, it's a historic tournament and um, it's something that I'm only just getting used to following, I didn't get to see much when I was back in Australia.
0: 've been able to enjoy a few beers I love a few beers on the day but so, sun or Saturday or Sunday three games in a row I mean final weekend is really really special and I mean obviously the, the the tournament's over now and Ireland are pretty much the only team with something to play for but I mean are you looking forward to to Saturday like
1: like the rest of us yeah I'm, I'm, I, I guess I'm just a fan when it comes to the six nations and and these test matches I think um it was we had a great crack at uh, at the bridge down there with the boys. Uh, right. Watching the French game and uh, Shawny pulling pints. Yeah, it was Shawnee with <laughs> there, It's always p- a bad combination. Three points for everybody, <laughs> so. um, And then when Johnny kicked that drop goal, First France where all, everyone was going, you know, no, 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 Johnny, no, Johnny. And then <laughs> it went over and the, you know, I think there's footage out there of all the boys jumping up and down at the bridge and, and really enjoyed it. So. Oh, you actually
0: and nearly punched Brian Moore in the head in the, in the honestly, because I wasn't Not speaking. the first time someone's wanted to do that, to yeah, be Yeah, right. in fairness, yeah, he's pretty used to it. <laughs> but I was giving it this one. I think himself and Eddie Butler were still talking as it was going on. And I just, I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, and that's, the Six Nations seems to keep producing these moments, Will. What about... What well, I, well, I told a story on the podcast that I was kind of deprived of that sex and
3: drop goal because the second it cleared the crossbow, my dad was on his feet, and he was, to the Metro, to the Metro, quickly. (laughs) So I I pretty much missed all the aftermath. So thankfully, I'll be watching this game and work, so there's no worries of being whisked off the second the final whistle goes if Ireland get a good result this time.
0: Yeah, well, look, I mean, and Robbie, I mean, just to touch on on you again, bring you back in. Um, I mean, how do you find, are you a good spectator? Is it tough? I know it myself, it, it can be really tough when you're, especially when you're such an integral part of the team. Have you found it tough to watch?
2: Yeah, it, listen. It's it's completely different. You're obviously you're not used to it, you know. And um, yeah, well, I'm used to it. <laughs> I'm very used to it. <laughs> I'm very used to it. Um, yeah, but listen. Look, looking in, it's it's it is tough. But um, you know, you're. He's jumping off the couch kind of every time we, we get close to the line and stuff like that you you feel like you're nearly in it you know and uh, it's actually it's funny looking at you know thinking what, what plays the, the boys are doing you know you can see his you that be very careful in the plays I've been in trouble a few yeah, times yeah. for giving away a few of the plays in the <laughs> show you're, you're seeing if you can if you can see what, what plays are <laughs> coming up or if, if you've seen them before and it's uh, it's it's quite fascinating, you yeah.
3: know. Yeah, Robbie, what have you made of uh, Bundyaki's uh, performances? Because obviously, not only his on-field play, which has been very good, but having three different centre partners throughout the championship, I imagine, would be very testing. Like, could you explain a bit, kind of the the, the struggle that will be having to bet in with a new guy every week?
2: Yeah, f- very tough, um, both in in attack and defence. Um, in particular, Bundy is always um, he's always t- to his centre partner. He's always talking. He's always asking questions. He's always saying you know what can we do better and he's always pulling you to the laptop to to have a look at things Um so i'm sure he, he had that lad's heads wrecked over the last few weeks like <laughs> well,
3: well it's interesting you mentioned that he pulls you to the laptop maybe that's why he was so gung-ho about getting yours back when it was stolen a couple of years ago
2: <laughs> very good very uh, good uh, <laughs> did you ever get it back we did get, we it, did it, get back. it back yeah, i have
3: mean, seen the video it was on <laughs> sundayworld.com <laughs>
0: Um, I, listen to touch on Bunny and it's probably a, a good time to, to, to speak about the move up from Connacht I mean how have you found betting into Leinster have you enjoyed your time I mean just looking at it from the outside you seem to have bedded in really well into the team and seem to be really enjoying your rugby Has How's life in the capital treating you?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's different. I mean, the the traffic is mental. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I've, I heard it's really <laughs> bad down in Athlone, no? <laughs> Not passionate, like, um We travelled by boat down there, but <laughs> 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 uh, it's it's been great. Uh, really, really enjoying the setup. Uh, the lads and they're brilliant. Um, you know, it's just it's just been a breath of fresh air, and I think. You know for me uh, i think it was really important for me to to have a change in in my career and you know a a new page i think and just to get d- some different experience and and go to a new club at all was brilliant um and it's definitely m- benefited and helped my rugby i think so um yeah i'm really really enjoying myself uh, in in Leinster at the moment
3: and scott you've made a big move as well obviously up from australia like what was the sales pitch given to you did they wheel out rocky Elsom and michael Cheka <laughs> to really sell Leinster?
1: yeah um yeah, it was an opportunity to, I think I've said it a number of times, is playing big games in Europe and, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to come over here. I, I think the European rugby competition is, is fantastic. You know, I think it's, a, it's such a unique competition. It's also so it's such high pressure, high stakes stuff. So um, to be part of that um, and a new Leinster of, uh, over the last year, decade, have been one of the better teams and and have a really and a good squad that are capable of winning it so um you know i want to become a big part of that and uh i've been yeah it's been great so far
3: yeah how would you compare the champions cup and super rugby like i've been watching a lot of super rugby this year and it's kind of interesting to me to see like what would leinster do if they were dropped into that tournament right now you know it seemed from the outside looking in that maybe the the new zealand teams would be the only ones that would probably be able to challenge them i don't know what you think
1: yeah, it, it, it's it's different. I think I always say to Leo, you know, I call Leo Cullen the weatherman because he's always talking about the weather. <laughs> i never he's always like, oh, the wind's going to come from the west this day, and then the, <laughs> it's going to we might get tw- ten mils of rain leading into the game, and I'll be like, why Let's are you always play talking Rube about? It will be in Ireland, yeah, mate, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So I think the weather plays a huge part, and you've seen that with um, you'll see that with the way teams play, and you see the way Glasgow play with the new di- with the new pitch compared to what they played in the, in the old. Um, on their old pitch when it was a was a mad bath I think I, I didn't play there but so. actually
0: man the amount of games that were called off in that place yeah. it was like a bath for a hill, was it? hill yeah. I think it was yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. how do you find that the, the change I mean when you say like the conditions play a huge part as a forward especially it looks to me like the game is very different in in that part of of the of the team yeah. I mean as a backs you know I mean I suppose it's obviously more difficult than the backs to produce really flashy stuff but in the pack you know, Southern Hemisphere forwards to me look like they've got great hands. Do, do you attribute that to the weather and the style of play or is it just a, a way of playing rugby down there?
1: Yeah, I, yeah. we always try to play with a fair bit of width. Mm-hmm. Um, but here it's obviously close quarters stuff and, and all that. We'll be, I guess in a, I guess the way uh, guys that guys are coach here in school is, is probably run first kind of attitude where we're a pass first and especially, you know, growing up in watching New Zealand teams play, you know, the, the ball moves a lot. Yeah. So, um, I think you're always taught how to pass first in, in Australia, but a lot of times you, um, you're trying to, you know, you need a crowbar to get the ball off some guys. <laughs> so, um, but um, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think usually back to that weather thing, I think it, it plays a huge part on how, how the game is played and how you develop as a, as a young player. So.
3: Robbie, just going back to, to your role in the Ireland squad now, uh, you know, it's funny, like a couple of years ago, you were the kind of the next young player in the team. Now you're almost a veteran. You have players like Stockdale and James Ryan. Like Luke's, a bit, you know, you've been out of the game uh, seemingly years. This, yeah. I, as,
0: as Paul O'Connell said to me on the phone, I just retired and he said, Welcome to the scrap heap, kid. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I am part of the scrap heap, unfortunately. <laughs> but, I mean,
3: Robbie's yeah, so in ha, a far how, different like, position. So how old are you, s- Robbie?
0: 25? 24. 24. Yeah, going. I can't believe
3: it. Yeah. So how, how have you found found that kind of transition to be, being almost one of the more senior players in a team, even though you're quite young?
2: Yeah, definitely. I um, found this year in particular uh, in the Irish camp. You know, there's more of an onus on me to to step up as a leader, I suppose. Whereas in the, the previous years, I would they would look to you know the the main guys like Johnny, Connor, Murray, Bestie, and the guys. So you know, it's there's been a bit of a challenge for me to to help, I suppose, the, the new faces coming in um so yeah that's that's been that's been a bit different for me this year, and i've I've tried to tried my best um not to step up as a leader, but um I've been more of a person to do it kind of my by my own actions but rather than you know true words. so I try to try to do it that way.
3: And just moving on towards the England game, Scott uh, you know Eddie Jones's back row has been quite heavily criticized in particular the balance of it, you know, he's picked Courtney laws at six quite a lot. You know you've obviously played a lot of second row and a lot at six. You know, what's the kind of difference between picking maybe a, a second row at six versus maybe picking a traditional blindside flanker?
1: He's probably seeing a, the benefit of having um, big men in the line-out. So, you're looking at you know, doing your job at six. I think you've got to be a good line-out option as well, especially in Test Rugby. So, um, you got to make sure you can nail that roll down. So, you, you, Peter O'Mani's he gets picked on the back of you know what he can do in the line-out first and foremost and win ball for Ireland. So, he can run there you know, fairly um, crazy set plays that Smith <laughs> comes up with so I think it's important that, that that six does that role for him so he's probably looking in that way you know as Courtney Law's a good jumper Tojo there you know they've got a number of good jumpers under with those guys there and they're going to win ball and then once they control possession they're going to kick well and they play pressure rugby pretty well the English they, they did it to us to us as Aussies a few times where you know they just kicked really well and put us under a lot of pressure and, uh, and we couldn't exit and then next minute you know suddenly they accumulate points on you very well and while we're on
0: the subject to that area, it looks like they're going to bring in Don Armand, who we obviously have a little bit of experience in Leinster playing against this season. I mean, what do you think of him? I I, I watched him against Montpellier over there, and I thought he was unbelievable for extra. And he's a real, I mean, he's a real battler in there for extra, and a big part of their pack. Do you mean if he gets if he gets picked, do you think he'd make a big difference to them?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it'll change up a bit. I think, um, I, you know. Yeah, I could I missed last week because I was on the plane to Japan, so I missed last week. So Courtney Laws is, I think, injured. Yeah, for the yeah, game. He's injured again. Yeah, I know he got injured, but um, yeah, I think he's obviously in form. I think he's extra on top of the table in the Premiership. So um, you look at those guys; it's surprising how, how few of those guys actually yeah. end up into the into the side. So I think there's only one or two guys that, that are consistently making the the squad. So um, yeah, it's, I, th- I think he'll he'll add something different. But um, it looks the Exeter guys are quite fit and they play with a, a fair bit of pace. So, um, you know, well, it might make a difference to how they play.
3: And, Robbie, it looks like Eddie Jones is going to make a change possibly in the centre, bringing on Farrell to out half and um, maybe bringing in Ben Teo and pairing him with Jonathan Joseph. From a centre's perspective, would you rather defend against, you know, a ford Farrell Joseph axis or the, maybe the Teo Joseph with Farrell at 10? Uh,
2: defend against, probably, I'd rather have. Mm, good question. Thanks. I think. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> you no. Know, do you do you I want a baller? Can I? Can I jump in here as well? Yeah. I, ju- I think as well.
0: Like if you're if you're looking at them, it probably depends a little bit on how the pack is getting on. I mean, I know that sounds like a simple thing to say, but if you're playing two tens, like I think that's a big problem for for England. If they don't get any mo- any momentum in the tight, like where do they go? It's only T.O. or Joseph who gets momentum in that spot. Otherwise, it's your well, it was held up
3: as their biggest virtue. You know, only about a year ago.
0: But I think they were really humming in the pack. I mean, uh, that's probably. For me, that's a caveat. Also, you know? also
1: if you target the, the single playmaker, there's no other playmaker running the show. Mm. Yeah. So, if if these, if the, with the, when they have the ten twelve combination of obviously two 10s, tens, they've got a second playmaker they can step in and, and organise forwards and, and play off that. So, yeah. obviously, if you can get the other guy out of the game with you know a really good seven or mm. someone who's keeping on the ground regularly, you know it probably stops them from being able to play with to width. Yeah,
2: and then if they pick Farrell at ten, you know. Um, He's a good defender. He's yeah. physical. And then if they pick Tio at twelve, you know there's their their crash ball runner, and he'll put them over the gain line as well. So it's 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 tough to see. But um, I think if they have the two tens on the pitch, at the same time that offers them, you know, um, if one is in the ruck, you know the other can can run the show.
0: And I think as well, like that's such a good point that Robbie makes uh, straight away for me. If they bring in Farrell, Tio, and Joseph they're a way better defensive team um, now obviously as, as Scott said it is nice to have the playmakers so I, I think that's a far, be- far uh, more difficult challenge for us if they pick Farrell, Tio, and Joseph because I think with Bundy there I mean Bundy would cause havoc between um, Farrell and Ford for me and I think that's guaranteed momentum for, for Ireland if they do pick those guys there so it, it is interesting for me that's the big decision that they have to make is whether they're going to do that well I'd be like
3: to get all three of your opinions having played professional rugby because I saw someone make the point that you know you can talk about the break Breakdown that's gone wrong for England and the attack that's misfiring but is there a chance that Eddie Jones has just simply flogged his players too heavily because he's, he's been putting such a big mantra on 20% fitter by the World Cup but the World Cup being so far away has he obviously has he maybe put put, put too much pressure on them done too much running worked them too hard like I saw photos of him training last week with weight belts on running you know the week of a game
1: the, their backroom staffs you know quality Eddie knows how to get guys around Dean Benton I've worked with before who's one of their S&C's there he's you know, one of the best I've had. So, in terms of and their GPS data and stuff like that, <coughs> they'll be, that'll be well maintained. But uh, I think it's more so the amount of games they play in the Premiership would be um, detrimental to. No matter what, the advantage of here in Leinster is, uh, you know, the guys in Munster is they, they get an opportunity to rest. And um, you know, I don't think the English guys get that opportunity.
3: Maybe take a few questions from the audience now. Does anyone have one? We have one over here. If anyone is, the, is there going to be someone walking around with a mic? Is there
0: Sorry, it's got to pass it up here. <laughs> Could you
3: give your name as well, please?
0: Uh, Rory's my name. Just uh, I heard earlier on that uh, England have brought in uh, the touch judge from this weekend's game, either un- inadvertently or cynically. I'm not too sure. But I also read somewhere else that in Ireland camp, John Lacey's been brought in on occasion. And I just wonder to maybe Robbie and Luke, what would actually refs bring when they come to camp? Well, I'll I'll take this one, will I? Yeah, <laughs> this is fraught with danger for you um, yeah <laughs> you're still playing um, no look I think what you're always trying to do is you're trying to get access to the best guys or girls um, who, who are refing. not John um, Casey uh, well no <laughs> leave personal opinions aside here no look you, you always are and I think like you're trying to stay as current as possible it's a big thing in Ireland camp and, and you'll know as well Robbie from, from Joe coming in that one of the big aims of the Irish team is to be the most disciplined team in world rugby and they've actually achieved that consistently over the last I think four actually the five years that he's been there every year we've been the most consistent in terms of the lowest penalties conceded and what you like to have in training you're always trying to simulate you're always trying to get, put yourself under as much pressure and simulate match situations as as much as possible um, in training so that you can produce so it's not really out of the ordinary when you're in pressurised situations playing for Ireland in the Aviva so you do we have had lots of people in um, top class referees even since Eddie O'Sullivan's time when I was in the team in to try just to try and get a flavour I mean I mean, have you, what do you think Robbie any well, that making any yeah. sense sir? No, absolutely
2: <laughs> you've hit the nail on the head uh, Luke I think um, you know it's basically the same same a match uh, you want to get to as close to a, as a test match as you can um, so to have a ref in the middle of that, you know, and if, if there are, you know, areas where, where we do give away a penalty, you know, he'll, he'll let you know and in the next break and play. So it's really to, to prepare you for the weekend and, you know, to keep our discipline low. And as
0: well, they will... Yeah, you, you you will get a bit of both, actually, uh, especially when there's been a change in rules, and I'm sure you probably had a bit of this in, in Oz as well, uh, Scott. But I, well, I don't know, but I assume you would have. Is just when there's a real change, oftentimes you'll get whoever the, who is deemed to be the best uh, referee in the country will usually come in, give you a bit of guidance as to what the people, like the, the brass, are thinking, I suppose, um, in terms of the rules and what they're looking for and how to avoid getting caught by the rules. So, did you have any inf- any yeah, suppose, super, experience with that? In
1: super ugly, we'd get the referee would come say three four weeks before the start of the season and give us a rundown on on rule changes gives the leadership group would get uh, a bigger rundown and then obviously they'd run scrum sessions mall sessions and, and things like that and they'd be a present to give us advice often in the way and quite annoying at times but yeah no, uh, right.
3: sure is thanks good question what would you like a jersey a voucher a mug <laughs> I'm, I'm, tempted Option sal- three. I'm tempted to but you <laughs> with a mug for being so greedy, but I'll let you. You, you can decide whatever you want. You won't want. get the mug. <laughs> I'll make sure you get the mug, don't worry. Another <laughs> question? Someone in the crowd?
1: Yeah. Hello. Can you Are hear you? me? Yep. Hi. Hi, it's Neve again. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of related to what that last question was. Is there one rule that you would love to see introduced to into rugby or something changed? And no matter how radical that would be, I'd be really curious to hear what that would be.
0: I'll, I'll have a go. Um, I think there's one thing that I am passionate about is I think that the the touch judges, um, I think they really need to play a bigger part for me, especially dealing with the offside line. Um, it's not necessarily what that I would change. One thing I, I do feel that maybe the choke tackle is possibly, especially when it's been really it's been great for Ireland. Um, to be honest, and we're great exponents of it, but. Um, I, I think that's possibly something when you're going forward you know when you, when, when you get a and you're able to hold someone up i'm not as convinced that i feel as strongly about that one that you should get the penalty the defense the, the, the defensive team should get the penalty from that one but the one that i would pick out the most is, is the offside line i think um you know space is really at a premium for your playmakers and and your attackers in, in modern rugby and defenses have gotten really really good all the technique and the tackle is really good so i think like uh, marshalling that from the touchline because I think it's too hard a job for the referee. There's too much going on in rugby in terms of what's going on in the rook um, all that kind of stuff that he's uh, looking at. I think the people on the touch uh, on the touchline have to do a better job at getting involved. I feel like they're still a li- lacking a little bit of confidence in, uh, there to get involved. Uh, and possibly, I mean, I know the feeling is probably they don't want to be giving away too many penalties all the time. But if you marshal that well, I think it makes for a better game. So any 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 ones you guys could pick out? Two rugby balls.
1: Yeah, probably <laughs> probably intentional knock on intentional knock down. I, th- I find that guys are going for intercepts and no matter what they're saying that you knocked it down on purpose I don't see why you just let that rule go and if you can't get the pass away you can't get the pass away no matter what the guy in front does unless it's a blatant slap down a lot of the time, the guys puts their hands out. If it goes up in the air and he catches it, it's fine. But if it goes the other way, it's a it's a penalty and a yellow card and can really change a game. That's a forward's R- opinion there. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going around slapping the ball. Yeah,
0: the, no, wingers no. <laughs> the wingers, <laughs> exactly.
2: Uh, probably just for you guys to speed up the scrum a little bit. <laughs> 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 we'll take we'll take one more.
3: Yeah, at the very front.
0: No, in five minutes again the they be going for those points. I, I think in the context of the competition, um, I liked it. I thought it was a real... Like, we were saying to, to Scotland that we think that we're better than you um, and we're going to go for the juggler now. I understand, I like, you know, if you're trying to win the game first and then a really tight one... I, I think Johnny will take that kick. Um, but I thought there was a... I think they, they, it sounded to me like behind the scenes, they had made a decision they were going to go for the bonus point um, and they were going to do it from the first whistle. And Joe does that from time to time. He'll try and take a team by surprise. He does it with lots of little, little things defensively. With little, you know, you'll know, you know some of the moves he does defensively and obviously an attack. But for me, that was a, a, like a philosophy that they decided they were going to follow from the first whistle. And I thought it was a great marker.
3: Just on and though, you know, obviously he's an unbelievable player, he's done such great work for Ireland, but as an international level goal kicker, he's never been automatic the way Ronan O'Gara has was during his career.
0: I, I don't know. And it really
3: held him back at the start of his career.
0: Yeah, but I think it's a really difficult thing. It's massive pressure. I mean, international kickers, th- th- I mean, trying to remember, especially at a, as a 10, um, you know, I think trying to remember all the game plan, trying to get people in the right position all week. And he's really physical as well. I think he's got, he does, for me, that's the reason he's Ireland's best player still, I think, is that he's he can do a bit of everything for me. And um, I mean, his playmaking ability, his handling is incredible. The kicking side, um, you know, I think he's had an off day in the competition. I back him every time I see Johnny Sexton standing over a ball in a pressurized circumstance especially for i mean over the years with leinster when we really needed him to pull one out of the back his kicking stats i think grow through the roof for me so well it was ireland you know i mean, I mean the international yeah concept. but even at, at international level i i like i back the guy i, I, I you see the, the amount of work he puts in um, and i'd back him i want him standing over that last kick uh, to win the match against hopefully england and a grand slam okay we'll take a few more questions at the end yeah, feel free F- to give a yay there if you want <laughs> for the grand <laughs> slam
3: <laughs> we'll take a few more questions at the end but first we're going to play some
1: of Your
0: job is to get the most out of each person. And to do that, you want them to work
3: together and be a self-driven, self-regulated team. Yeah, we're trying to do that with England at the moment. So we've played 23 tests. We've only lost one test to the scummy Irish. I'm still dirty about that game. Um, but we'll get that back. We'll get that back, don't we? Well, Eddie Jones has already released a statement apologising for calling us scummy Irish. Uh, <laughs> Scott, you know you're you're from Australia. Maybe is, is scummy a different, you know, a different word down there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're asking you to atone for yeah. Eddie Jones's comments. Is there by some the way. sort of translation <laughs>
3: issue,
1: maybe? I'm not I'm not going to stick up for him, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think it's he's a, it's a fair bit of Aussie. We, I, I guess I banter a bit in Leicester as well, so we like to give each other uh, a fair bit of crap, but. Um, you don't yeah, walk around saying,
3: oh, "I'm Yeah, I
1: don't. I don't <laughs> obviously call out a whole nation at the same time. Um,
2: oh,
1: he, he, Eddie does a fantastic job of taking the pressure off his players. He's that's what he that's why he's in the media a lot. So he's always in the media to take the pressure off his players. So even after the loss, no one talked about the loss to Scotland. They talked about him getting bullied in the in the car on the <laughs> way home from in the, at the train station. So we, you know, you quickly forgot about what actually happened. It was a plan. Yeah, planned yeah. bully. Maybe they got that scorch <laughs> blokes in, but I think you know, he's. No, uh, I got. He's he's a very good operator with that in terms of how he operates in the media. He um he does take the pressure off the players very well.
3: When you were playing for Australia, you obviously went up against England in that three Test series. England won won the three games, and you know there's a lot of war words between Michael Check and Eddie Jones. Michael Chek is saying that he's kind of burned his bridges in Australia, ruined his legacy. Like, what's the view on the ground in Australia of Eddie Jones?
1: Um, I guess um, yeah, people would be upset about some things that went down in that series and stuff like that, and. You know, like anywhere, if you, it's a bit different in Australia. You, you know, coach going to coaches an Australian coach in England was was at the time you know something unheard of, and he's obviously a lot of backroom staff as well, Australian. So it was almost you know at some point people were kind of saying, well, you turned your back on your country, a little bit like that. But um, I never felt that's a professional game. Obviously, Joe's from New Zealand here coaching in Ireland. It's it's part it's it's part and parcel of, of professionalism. So. Uh, yeah, the media stuff that went on with him in check. I think it was, um, yeah, it took its toll on on, on the series. It was uh, it was a nasty series in the end and uh, very aggressive. Um,
0: they're really good mates, aren't they? They go away. Yeah, they're we're well, They were anyway. I don't <laughs> know. If they are
1: now. <laughs> they're Randwick lads, so they're from the same club. You know, it's like every bloke. I'm, I think I'm the only Aussie that didn't play for Randwick. <laughs> it seems <in>. to be. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're all they're all Randwick guys. They, you know, they all know each other well, and it's, it ends up kind of. Um, it just played out in the media quite quite largely.
0: I think he does do a good job, though. I mean, like oftentimes in, in the media circles, which I'm, I'm a part of now, we, we, we complain about people not having a view or having an opinion. Oh, I love listening to him. Every time I see him in front of a mic, I know there's going to be something interesting or he's going to say something brash that will get us talking about the game, build the excitement, build a bit of tension before the game. Are we? Are you complaining about him, Will? What's going no, no, on? No, I'm not, well he, he calls us <laughs> all scummy. I mean this. This. he, he <laughs> called our nation scummy. No,
3: I'm not complaining about him. It's funny you mentioned that, how much gold he gives. Rory O'Connor, the Irish independent rugby correspondent, said that You know, he he did a Monday press conference and Eddie Jones was there, and he got four back page stories in a row out of it. You know, just from one press conference. It was like
0: Christmas Eve. I reckon everyone is like licking their lips, going over to to Eddie Jones. Um, But I mean, look, I I do think he's kind of a Mourinho character for me. Like he he does, and and what I did admire is that, you know, I think that is a public persona. Like he was really, um, I, I thought in defeat against Scotland and France. Um, he was fairly magnanimous. He did give a lot of credit to France and, um, and and Scotland after the game for the quality of rugby they played. So he is capable of being balanced. I, j- I do think it is a ploy before the game, so either apply pressure or to take pressure off his own yeah, players. He we did
1: well versus Wales. He put the pressure on Wales yeah. before that game on uh, Rhys Patchell, Patches, yeah. and then and. and Fair enough. It, it happened. They drops one ball. They kick it in the corner and score the try that, that that puts him well out in front. So uh, it does work well for him.
3: Robbie, do you think uh, England had been going so well, winning so many games? W- will it be hard for the players mentally to kind of readjust after losing a couple and, and maybe being the un- maybe almost the underdogs again after being kind of front runners for so long?
2: Yeah, I think um, they're going to think back to this fixture last year as well, um, you know, over in the Aviva. But um, I think you know it'll be it's going to be a tough game. Um, you know it's going to be really, really physical, and I think um, both teams are going to go, you know, hell for leather at it. You know, because I think um, for us, you know, we need to just put it all out there, and then for England, you obviously don't want to lose three in a row. So um, you know, if the last time that happened to them, I don't know how long it's been, but um, you know, it's, it's going to be a real, real tough test match.
3: And if if Ireland do get the job done and win the Grand Slam, are you going to parachute in John Terry, style Full Kid, and join the team for the celebrations? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll be in the stands, so um, yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully get down to pitch side to, to the lads.
3: Yeah, w- will it feel so? If they do, w- will you feel like you've won a Grand Slam too, or will you feel kind of like when Roy Keane won the Champions League and he would just
0: refuse to even look at the medal? I think that's probably a Roy Keane thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, definitely, definitely do feel part of it. You know, being involved for 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 a while now, so it's uh, it'll be it'll be great to be there um, and you know be be in in the stands. And down the pitch with the lads after, so um, I'm really looking forward to it. And just as you said there,
0: um, you know, le- the lads leaving it all out there, and, and I think it is an opportunity for them to do that because you know the, the competition is one. There's only for me, there's only gain on the weekend. And I was l- listening to to Connor Murray talking, and he was saying, um, you know that's what he wants. Well, he wants the lads to really express themselves and, and go for the win. Do you think? Do you think they'll do that?
2: I think they, I think we have to, yeah, hundred percent. I think you know we have to have a, an attacking mindset from from the first whistle. You know. Um, and put down a statement early Um i think it's going to be games probably going to be won on on the physical physicality aspect and the gain line i think so it's going to be um it'll be definitely be tight but i think you know from the first whistle i think um we need to show that we're we're not afraid to go from anywhere Scott, is it a slightly strange game from an Irish perspective in the sense
3: that they've already won the Six Nations, so even if they do lose, there's no big trap door there. They will still have the constellation of a championship. So is there a danger that they mo- mightn't be able to deliver that peak performance given that they don't, they don't really need to, se- to win to secure the championship?
1: Yeah, but how long since they've done the uh, Grand Slam? Since oh, Luke Fitz in Fitz, 2009. Back in the, way, way back. Way, Nine. back. way, way back. Way back. <laughs> <laughs> back. Mohawks were cool then. You know?
0: LAUGHTER <laughs> You've been waiting for a while to get that one out. That's been a private joke for a
1: while. Well, I think um, they would have set out to win a grand slam, and um, I think uh, guys like Johnny and stuff, that, you know, are playing alongside him at Leinster, you know, they don't accept they don't accept losses. So he's never happy. No, he's not happy. <laughs> you win a game, he's not happy. So um, yeah, I, he's not going to accept a loss this weekend. So I think you know you go into that that mindset. I think it's pretty strong within the group yeah, from what I know
3: it's funny you mentioned Johnny and uh, kind of his mindset you know you would obviously have heard what he was like from afar what's it like kind of being ordered around the pitch by him on a, on a regular basis were you even shocked about how intense he was
1: uh, I'll actually enjoy it I'll get on really well with Johnny because I love I like a really dominant ten. And you know, the thing about Johnny is, he throws himself into everything. So I think you talked about how physically he plays the ten. He can really respect that as a player. You know, Johnny just if you're a, if you're a lock and you're going around hitting rucks for that guy, you know, you're happy to do that because of, of the way he'll throw his body into the contest as well for you.
3: And you obviously work so closely with him at international level, at a club level. Like, what what is he like? Is he as intense off the pitch?
1: Uh, no,
2: he's he's good. He has a good switch off off the pitch. You know. Um around the dinner table in particular he, he <laughs> likes to you know to hang around afterwards and, and have good chats with the lads. So he does switch away from it. But um you no, know, as a player playing alongside him he's he's always asking for more off you, you know. He, he wants you improving, you know, week in, week out. Um he wants you feeding information into him. He wants, you know, uh, your centre. He wants he wants you to be his second set of eyes, I suppose. And like feed some information into him just to make his, his job easier because know, as a ten in this day and age, it's it's incredibly hard to to do everything. You know, but um, yeah. Pro- yeah. yeah sorry,
0: I didn't, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, there, yeah. I thought you were done there. Um, I was just saying what I love playing. When I, I got to play cl- quite close with Johnny, obviously for a long time. What I loved about him was that when you call for the ball, like he might even look, but you're getting it. Do yeah. you yeah. enjoy that part? Like he has real trust in the guys around him.
2: Always, yeah. Always, if you if you call a call and he knows it's on and he knows you want the ball. He, You'll get the ball, you know. He's, he's just really good at, I think, his peripheral vision as well. He, he can be looking there, but he can also spot if there's a weakness or if there's a gap on it in his peripherals. So he'll pick you out uh, from the corner of his eye.
3: And I guess when he first
2: came into Leinster, even though he hadn't
3: achieved maybe the Heineken Cups or the Six Nations, everyone says that he was already, he had the same attitude, barking at people,
0: ordering them around. Like Were you, maybe as an established player, thinking, like, who that? F you are. You, are you like <laughs> shouting at us, like. I know I was only a sprog, No, um, I was keeping quiet and doing what I was told. I think, um, you know, w- with Johnny, um, I heard a story of him like throwing O'Driscoll a bad pass.
3: O'Driscoll dropping it and him like P- catch that when I throw it at you, like.
0: Uh, yeah, well, look, that's that's what you want. As Scott said, he's a guy that you want to play for because he demands the highest standards and he delivers himself as well, which is really important. I mean, if you're not, you know, in the contact yourself, you're not getting stuck in. If you're not throwing good passes, if you're not making good decisions. People, it, you know, it can turn quickly if if you're if you're sending Scott into a brick wall every every time. Um, you know, the lads get you don't want to be dating them all the time. So it is. Good, I mean, he makes good decisions and he demands high standards, and I think that's the reason why he's so t- highly thought of amongst his peer group.
3: I'll take a couple more questions from the crowd, We've won at the very front. Yeah. Hey,
0: and uh, the importance of the
2: scrum and, and generally then delivering the ball. And we lose type for long and then all of a sudden we switch Andrew Porter over and after, what is it, five international caps? You know, he looks like he's a, he's a veteran. I mean, you guys see him in training and in the match. You know, tell us about this guy.
1: Well, he's an unbelievable athlete. You know, you saw that run versus Ulster a few weeks back and um, you look at James Ryan as well. It's just, these guys are now coming in and just... they're. So athletic, (laughs) look, you know? tight used to just be the big fat bloke at the end of just stand still and you had to uh, defend for them like uh, I used to we used to have a tight head um, at the Brumbies and he used to be constantly talking to me to make his tackles for him <laughs> and he'd be trying to get into the first defender and go just, mate, like, can you make it fast make the tackle make the tackle but you know these guys are flying past you to go and hit guys like you know the, the skill and ability of these of, of tight head props now and and, and Locks like Jr. and 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 then guys like um, and Church as well. You know, you look at Church, he's ahead you know, of his time. He's what, you know 30 years old, but he's has been an, an athlete for 10 years now. Ahead of these guys. Was nearly like a pro skateboarder or, yeah. or a roller <laughs> right, or something? Rollerblader, he, yeah.
0: That guy is a freak of an athlete. But I mean, the last time I saw uh, Andrew Porter was in the gym. And the yeah. bar was bending. They were <laughs> running it. They had no space left in the bar. They had to use that weird catch bar. Like, honestly, they had to get extra space. In the world. So he is a freak of an athlete. And I think it's such a testament to the way... I mean, you mentioned James Ryan, got Jordan Larmer, all these guys coming through who are just such exciting athletes. I mean, I mean, how are you feeling, Robbie? Do you mean, do you, are you enjoying going in there every day? Because the, the, yeah. I think you, it's one of those places that I felt, anyway, you could really get the best out of yourself as an athlete every day. 100%. And just on
2: kind of those young lads coming through, I think... It's kind of oh, you're 24. It's <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I don't feel it. i sick. Jesus. <laughs> I don't feel it. Um, I think it looked. You look back to the academy structures and the school rugby and the club rugby. I think these guys have come through like high quality rugby in in school in Dublin and in Leinster. I think you know the coaching that's been put through them, and it's just gotten better. The bar has been risen, you know, every year. I think if you look at the schools now, that they're, they're incredible. They're nearly professional, like at the at this <laughs> stage, compared to what we were down at Lorne and Connaught. <laughs> you know, at um, uh, Marist, I hear they've <laughs> produced a few players <laughs> since, haven't they? Few players, yeah. But um, I think, yeah, just f- for for those guys coming through, I think it's all the work that they've put in in school and and in in the academy structure. I think that's that's how they're kind of stepping up so seamlessly. I think.
3: Yeah, Scott, and just a word on James Ryan, you know, he's only 21 years old, like, for someone that age to be that good so far as a second row, like, h- how would you rate him?
1: Yeah, I, I feel for him, though, because he's got a shocking cauliflower at the moment. I <laughs> right. he's like, his, his ears are already gone, he's only 21, so... Um, ah, that's early, yeah, isn't it? So early, I've seen he's wearing head tape at Team Functions and everything, even the team photo, I think. Um, but yeah, no, he's once like once like same mold as those guys but like an incredible jumper athlete but his willingness to learn as well like he's, he's constantly you know wants to get better he's asking me you know how did i do things when i played you know back down south and then you know he's, he's constantly trying to get better how can i call lineouts better because he knows he wants you know eventually you know be a lineout caller and stuff like that so you know he's He's a smart guy and he's um, and a very aggressive guy. So he wants your help so we can replace you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reality, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: I mean, how yeah. have you found that role? Because I assume um, that would have been a big attraction for the guys. Uh, you know, Leo um, and Stuart. I'm sure when they were when they when they decided to try and get you to come over, that they were going to try and get you to fill this leadership role because you know, obviously being um, you know a foreign player, you weren't going to be playing. Um, during Six Nations, during November Internationals. Um, was that something you discussed with them? And, you know, I, I presume you probably naturally fell into that role, but is that something you discussed with them? And have you enjoyed the role?
1: Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. You know, I think it's, um, I did discuss, you know, they kind of ran through the how the se- how the season works. I was used to playing 16 straight games or something, and then, you know, you, you go off the test road and you come back. And then with the breaks, it's been, you know, they, I, I remember talking to Leo, you know, for about forty-five minutes on the phone but <laughs> he's running through every the calendar, yeah, <laughs> calendar, and the weather coming up as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, he's obviously, yeah, there's a fair bit going on. He said during Six Nations, and obviously you, you lean on on your foreigners and you know, academy guys coming through, and it's it's amazing that you can have a complete different, and that's that's one of the big difference for me for Super Rugby compared to say Pro 14, is that you know, we Super Rugby we maybe have one or two changes a week. But in, in Atlantic, so, you know, sometimes you know, fifteen, sixteen mm. different guys out come out for um, and then young guys come through and it gives guys opportunities, you know. You look at the in I remember not long ago, Ireland was saying they had a problem with finding centres, you know, and now you've got you know They left, there was a few few players out. retired recently. Yeah, a, yeah, left a big, centers, big chasm there. <laughs> and then you know, you've got the guys like Robbie and Gary have come through and then Bundiarkey and then Farrell. And suddenly now you've you know, very strong in that position. Um and uh, even Locko as well, playing 13 at Leinster as well. So you've got a number of guys that come in and fill those positions.
3: Take a few more questions. And uh, there's one at the back there. And if you might maybe just wait a minute until we get the mic. Cheers.
0: Some great questions so far. They've
3: been fun. all right. We, oh, nice. geez. <laughs> um, two quick questions one for Robbie and then one for the panel. First one for Robbie. And at 24, you might not get this reference, but you're creating Robbie Henshaw in John and Lomu rugby. Do you put him at 12, 13, or 15? And then for the panel, well, for Robbie and for, for Scott, James Lowe's come in and definitely made an impression in, in Leinster and, and assumed the leadership role, but he's kind of the anti-Johnny Sexton. What's the dynamic between those two players in terms of, you know, they're kind of, Johnny is a little more grumpy on the pitch, whereas James just seems to have a, a smile on his face all the time.
2: Uh, the John Lona qu- question versus it. Um, Please tell me you played it. Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> God. The old, the old you one. don't know. You haven't lived. Yeah, the so old sorry, one. You the have old one. Lived. Yeah, I haven't. Oh, the have old
0: one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, probably pick... Uh, probably 13, I'd say. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, you Ooh. can nice. answer the James Lowe question. Yeah, <laughs> 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 You're getting all the tough ones tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, he, he's a different character old uh, James, but uh, he loves that stuff. Um I guess coming here from, um, from Australia, when you play in Australia and New Zealand, the range of, there's different guys from different nations playing all together and it, it's a real melting pot. You know, you've got you know, Maori guys, you know, Fijians, Tongans, Samoans, you know, we had an Argentinian and Japanese guys all playing a different team. When you come here to Leinster, you know, most of the guys are from, d4 or you know so most guys are from you know within probably 100 kilometers of each other they grew up they're all the same kind of guy and james is totally different you know he probably didn't wear shoes until he was probably eight years old you know, <laughs> so, you know, like, you know, those those towns in new zealand are very different to dublin and <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so yeah he's, he's a different character but i think it's in i think i think um it's worked well. I'm not sure what Robbie thinks, but to have a, have a guy like this out like in the squad to um, to challenge the guys' ideas and, and, and then the way they think about the game because he obviously has this kind of free will lifestyle likes to throw the ball around, sometimes defend, sometimes not. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, hey Scott, just, yeah, Scott, yeah, Scott I'm actually going to jump in and ask you a tough question now. You know, <laughs> obviously one. James Lowe playing really
3: well, yourself playing really well. James Gibson-Park is a very good player. They can only pick two of the three <laughs> for the Sarsons game. You know, selfies choice for Leo Cullen though, but it must be very annoying that one
1: that your big names could be could be left off. Yeah, so the bus the bus driver just asked me the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't escape training, it now. I was walking <laughs> training with James Lowell and they go, "Which one are you playing next week?" <laughs> the, um, <laughs>
2: so we, yeah,
1: um, yeah, whatever's best for the team. I think obviously we're playing a range of positions, and if you know if all the locks are fit or all the wingers are fit, um, we'll just fit into that. And, you know, we just want what's best for the team in that, that week. So um, at the moment, it is frustrating that we can't all play together. Um, but, um, you know, have we wait, what, 18 months and, and uh, Jamo will be here. Come on, you know, hurry up. Hurry yeah. up you know, <laughs> so maybe I can work something up on My son was born in Ireland, so maybe we can work something through that. And hopefully we can all play I'll Take together. it
3: the question. We think we've won down the back somewhere?
2: Uh, there's just a, w- a weird narrative going on at the moment saying Ireland are, are boring at, at winning at the moment. And uh, Matt Williams said it first on Sunday, and then Jerry Torney kind of had an article to rebuke that the next day. So I'm just going to get everyone's reaction to what why the people are saying that and what you think about it.
0: I don't think so. First of all, um, you know, I, I think we've scored an awful lot of tries. Um, now it is a combative. Game plan. I think um, you know. I think when Chris Farrell came in, now he can ball play, but himself and Bundy, I think they felt like that was probably an advantage. I mean, they're two really big guys, and they felt like if we can give Connor Murray, if we can give Johnny Sexton opportunities to play make with front football we will be able to score tries against them. And I think that's what transpired, um, you know, for for the rest of the competition. I thought there was some, there's been some lovely rugby played. Um, you know, my one concern is that possibly with all the changeovers in the centres that, you know, and I thought Robbie, or sorry, I thought Gary did a brilliant job on the weekend, but I still th- think there's a little bit of, um, they're just finding a little bit difficult at times defensively for me and that's my one worry they're playing against some really good attackers and that'll be my concern I think from, a, from an attack perspective I mean very creative at set piece you saw that try against Scotland I mean Joe still has the ability to be able to pick out where guys where opposition people are going to be on the pitch and, p- and come up with a move that'll be able to target that, that you know a, a perceived weak link or whatever it is so attack isn't the concern for me I just think defensively if we can shut out England I think we've got enough an attack to win it
3: Just on that I think that comes from the 2015 Six Nations when Ireland won the Six Nations but only scored I think three tries in their first four games until they cut loose against Scotland so it could have been a, maybe a fair criticism of the time no offence to the two lads who played in that team but uh, well,
0: We got it together for Scotland exactly the one, yeah, one the, one, the one that mattered and,
3: uh, <laughs> I think that's a fair, that doesn't really hold up when you look at the numbers in this one as Joe usually says when someone asks him that question. Um, another any,
0: anyone? Uh, no? Any? We're good. think Robbie's ducking Yeah, looking, Robbie's shrinking back
3: here. <laughs> um, any other questions? We've won up the
0: front. Of Fair play to you running around through the crowd there. Very deft.
1: With all the um, penalties that England have been given away, do you think they can correct that in time for this weekend?
3: God, as a forward because it has been predominantly forwards who have been maybe penalties. Are right. you saying I like to give away penalties? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> oh, true. you know how to give
2: it's away. True. I know how to do it. <laughs>
0: um
1: Yeah, we'll I have to be disciplined. I think um, with Johnny and, and Conor Murray, they'll, they'll control where the ball will be in the, on the field. So, uh, I, I think, it, as alluded to earlier, you know, Ireland's success can be can be um, attributed to, the, to how disciplined a the side they are. So, um, yeah, you got to be discipline with discipline a bit. So. Um, I think yeah, for England to have any chance, you, know, you, you can't give away penalties in 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 a position where Ireland can launch those attacks. So get inside the English half, and then on the back of that, do what Joe does well, which is set plays and, and then score from that.
3: One last question, then we're, we're going to kind of
0: yeah, one one at the front. There's been a lot of talk about sort of the defensive frailties in the Irish team, but do you not know, think there's a, a huge amount of that is because it's sort of the last third of a game where we're already sort of 10-15 points ahead and I think with international rugby it's are you willing to break your arm for this tackle and um, that's on sort of, um, sort of next weekend you probably would be willing to break your arm for the tackle whereas if you're you know 15 points are clear you probably wouldn't go in for that tackle or you wouldn't hit it quite so hard
2: do you think that's sort of the frailty is because the game's already won when these sort of tries are going in especially with the Italian team it, Rob. Yep. Take that um, I think yes. Some of the tries that I've seen that we've conceded, we we look to be either off kind of a turnover where we're quite narrow, and I think um, yeah, it's been after a lot of phases, I think as well. So teams have gotten out, gotten wide against us because we are a little bit narrow to the ruck, and I think um, that's where teams teams have got got a advantage against us. But um, coming back to someone else's question about our attack, I think. We've been really clinical, I think, in this, in this Six Nations. I think we've put unbelievable squeeze on opposition when we get into their 22. I think that's kind of just keeping the foot on the throat, I think, is, is that type of mentality that we have, that we're, we're really going for it this year. And I think, you know, we're, we're in this position because of, because of our attack and because of the pressure we've put on teams. So I think it's, our attack has been really clinical. So it's worth breaking your arm, scoring a try, definitely not making a tackle is <laughs> <That's> the moral <laughs> of the story.
3: Um, so, just one kind of last look at the, uh, this weekend, then, um, Luke. Like, what's the kind of key thing Ireland will need to get right? You know, we, we've discussed, it, touched on a few things, but what's the one thing about you put above everything else?
0: I think defensively for me is the big thing. I think we have enough in attack, we have enough creativity. Um, I think England are ver- going to be, if they pick the right guys at uh, 10, 12, 13, they'll be a bigger challenge for us to break down. Um, but I think if we defend well, we have enough. I think we've got a better pack. It's the first time I can think of an Irish pack going over to Twickenham where. I think we have the ability to bully them. Um, we mentioned the props earlier on. I think the, I think Ty Furlong and, and Porter at tight head, and we've two Lions props uh, at loosehead The I bench is, a, it's is probably the co- best
3: bench Ireland have ever turned out. Oh,
0: I think it might be, and, and I and I have to say, um, you know, I'm I'm really excited about this one. I've changed my mind. I mean, uh, you know, the stats would say how, could England lose three on the bounce? Will they lose the last one in Twickenham? I don't know. It makes it. I mean, it's a it's a tantalising one. It's why we're all so excited about it. Do I think we can win? I do. I think defensively, um, you know, and to touch on that question there, um, they need to get the, the, the mindset right at times. I think there's been people that have kind of come out of the system at times, and I think people haven't followed that person when they make a mistake. That's a big thing defensively. When someone makes a decision, even if it's the wrong one, you all need to buy in. It's a domino effect. That's the rule of thumb. And I think just, I would probably attribute a bit of that to, you know, some younger guys in the team still learning the trade. And I'd probably attribute it to a bit of changeover in key positions. I mean, Robbie is kind of the fulcrum of that defense has been for a long time. You see it in Leinster as well. Um, and I think that's probably for me, the key areas. And if they can bully them in the pack, I think we'll beat them. Scott, got a lot of people have been saying that they just can't
3: see England with like losing three games in a row. Like, it, it, do you think that will play a big factor or, sh- or should we just kind of throw that statistic out and just focus on what's going to happen on
1: Saturday? I think you've just got to focus on on what's going to happen. Um, uh, I think that that squeeze mentality, that foot-on-throat mentality that, um, that Robbie's talked about just before, I think that's going to be a big a big thing this week so controlling where the, where the ball is on the on the ground and then squeezing when you get the opportunities in the 22. It's still going to be a tight tussle regardless of if, if the competition's over. It's a test match, so see, it's going to be a tight physical tussle. Where are you going to watch it? Uh, probably at home. I've been bridge. away. Sean will have you down the <laughs> bridge. <laughs> <No, no. laughs> I've be, been away for a few days, so the wife's gone away by herself, and I've got to look after the kid by <laughs> myself, <laughs> myself for the weekend. So I'll be yeah, uh, in Ireland. You can
0: bring the kids to the pub. Oh, they, can't drink. Okay. they can't drink. They can't drink. But that, that's what people do. <laughs> <the ball>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, and Robbie, I kind of, what are you looking for? As a, I guess, as a more impartial observer now, or, or trying to be, I guess, and look, look from the outside looking in, what will you be looking for to see from the team?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think being clinical again, and I think Fitz, you mentioned um, our defence, you know, we, we have to be really sharp in defence. It has to go up an, another notch. And just, like, it, it's a final for us, so just go out there and, and do it, I think. it's um, Don't hold back, as I mentioned, and um, from the word go, I think we need to just attack them. And Luke,
3: for you, will you try to be lining up all your public speaking gigs in advance in case <laughs> another group of
0: players join the Grand Slam winners circle? Then you'll be, you know, I'm disappointed. I'd be, yeah, yeah, I'd be disgusted. All my gigs would just disappear. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but uh, that's a bit rich, going for you. I can't. see You're on air TV every day. Is anyone else sick of seeing this mug at the TV? I am. Um, no, but look, it's a it's a real opportunity for the team to do something really special, and I think there's a really nice blend between youth and experience that I think hopefully will bring out the best in the team. Between a bit of youthful exuberance, hopefully they go for it. They've nothing. They've no fear and then the older guys you know i think making them realize how hard it is to do and how rare a thing it is to do um and hopefully the two combine and we come out with a brilliant performance could be presenting this with jacob stockdale next week potentially
2: you know next oh
0: we might (laughs) i don't know i've been criticizing his defense a bit so i doubt we'll get stockdale down but uh we might get one of the lads and we'll see if they're still uh they'll probably still be pretty i'd say pretty pissed yeah but uh (laughs) if if they're if anyone is if, if they have their um all the f- uh, facilities, um, I think we'll try and get one of them on a course. Okay, we'll just go around the, the panel now for predictions. Will Ireland win the Grand
3: Slam, Scott, do you think? Yes, I think they will.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Can I let the crowd down? No, I won't. Uh, I think Ireland will win it, yeah. And what does the audience think? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, you've been great tonight. Thanks so much for coming out to Kennedy's Pub. That was Left Wing Live in association with Leia Healthcare. Will Slattery, big thanks to Luke Fitzgerald, Robbie Henchon, Scott Fardy. And a quick mention to Gav, our sound man, who's with us every Gav. week. Thanks, Gav. Gav, great Gav job. Dara Donnelly, done a phenomenal job. <laughs> we will be back next week with another podcast, hopefully toasting a Grand Slam success. In the meantime, you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, listen on independent.ie, all that. And make sure to come up and get your prizes at the end. I forgot to give them out during the actual podcast. So uh, get until them next week, thank you so much for coming out tonight and for listening. And good night. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Left Wing with Luke Fitzgerald.